This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're queuing it up in episode number 66. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from Natural Birth and Baby Care, and I am here with episode number 66 of the podcast. Sometimes it's hard for me to believe that I've recorded this many episodes, um, and I'm really excited because I've gotten lots and lots of requests to do guest podcasts lately, so I'm working on getting all of that coordinated. Sometimes it's hard to coordinate interviews and stuff with a, a busy family life in different time zones for interview guests and everything, but I'm trying to make that happen, so you can look forward to that, but I've got a lineup of like four guests, so hopefully that's coming. Before we jump into today's topic, I do want to apologize because I missed uh, the podcast last week, which I think is the first time I've missed a week in a while, but things were just crazy. We had a holiday weekend, and then my husband's birthday, and then we have goats. You probably heard me talk about our milking goats. We have two milking does who were pregnant, and they both had their babies the day after my husband's birthday, one early in the morning and one late that night, and so we had baby goats, and this was the very first time we had ever been present at um, you know, at goat babies' births because we're we're pretty new to this. We've had the goats for about a year now, um, so this is a new adventure for us. And the first time that we'd been with them as they were birthing their babies, and we actually we missed our morning goats kidding, but we were there for uh, for the second goat and as she had her babies, and it was it was really a privilege to be able to watch her working with her babies and. Contrary to popular belief about animal mamas, she was definitely working working with them. It wasn't just super smooth and easy. So even animal mamas have to have to work with their babies. But she did that and birth worked and all three of her kids, she had three baby boys. They were all born without complication and it it was pretty incredible to be able to see. Um, And I'm so waxing poetic about that, of course, because you know that I'm a total birth person and a total baby person. So that was just a real privilege. But anyways, they um, they had their babies, and then I had a, f- I so we were up really late because it, it was past midnight when we came in the house, um, and Sadie was out in the barn with us. Though thankfully, she slept through everything, um, but we came in past midnight, so I was really tired. And then I got up the next day, and I, I had two live Q and A calls to teach. I taught um, the mama baby birthing Q&A call and then I also have been doing the smart mama happy baby Q&A call too which you can find out more about smart mama happy baby at smartmamahappybaby.com that's my brand new membership club if you're interested in that but anyways teaching those back to back I mean that's a lot and I had been up and I teach those through a nap time usually so I usually nap for about 20 minutes or 30 minutes every afternoon but I give that up on Wednesdays when I'm teaching and so I taught through the nap time and I hadn't eaten very well at all and I I think that all got to me and I think all the excitement got to Sadie too because she ended up sleeping really well Wednesday night which is usually a blessing but when you're a nursing mama sometimes it's not because of course I slept through everything after having been up way past my normal bedtime the night before 
and uh, and so I didn't get her up to nurse and so I woke up the next morning just in a lot of pain because there was a lot of milk backed up there um, and I was kind of I, I was you know shivering and chilly and uh, Scott was telling me it was really hot in the house, so he was taking my temperature, and I was a little bit feverish throughout the morning, but thankfully that broke. Um, and so Sadie and I pretty much just stayed in bed all day, and thankfully my mother-in-law was coming, and Scott was able to be home for part of the day. Um, and so I had backup here to help me take care of the kids, but I was not doing well in bed and just really felt horrible. And the best thing to do if you're a mother, uh, a nursing mother in that situation is to take baby to bed and nurse as much as you can. And if you're in the situation like I was in where there's just so much milk engorgement, uh, even if it's painful, the best thing to do is to have baby nurse. And I actually pumped a little bit, um, to help get some out too and just had Sadie nurse as much as I could get her to nurse and I felt much better Friday but with all of that I just I, I hadn't had the podcast recorded beforehand and so I just there was no way I was going to get a podcast out so anyways that's the excitement that went on in my house and that's why there wasn't a podcast last week and actually by the time you get this podcast it'll be a little bit late but you will get one this week uh, just because I've, I've been trying to catch up and I definitely feel like this week has been on a lot more even keel and gone a lot smoother than last week without quite so much excitement and craziness and sickness and all of that stuff so we can thank the Lord for his healing and and his protection uh, and his grace and letting me get some things done this week and my little Sadie Grace who is 10 weeks old now is actually sleeping in the bed nearby me and we're praying that she'll stay asleep throughout the rest of this episode. But let's move on now away from the drama of Kristen's life and talk a little bit about, oh, before we move away from me though, I did promise that I would tell you when I got Sadie's written birth story up. I did a podcast several weeks ago where I shared Sadie's birth story with you. I told you the story, but I also promised I would let you know when I had her written um, and when the gallery is up. And both of those, I got those live this week. That's one of the reasons why I'm really feeling gung-ho, like I got something done because I finally got those up. So you can check those out. Just go to naturalbirthandbabycare.com slash Sadie, and that's S-A-D-I-E. So natural birth and baby care all together, naturalbirthandbabycare.com slash Sadie, and you can read her birth story, and there's also a link to her gallery on the birth story page, so you can check those out. Okay, now we'll move away from me, and we'll talk about what I wanted to talk about this week. When I was getting ready to launch Smart Mama Happy Baby, I sent out a survey to everybody who was on my newsletter list and asked, what are you interested in or what problems are you having when it comes to your babies and toddlers? Because I knew a lot about what was going on with pregnancy and birth because I'm, you know, I'm talking to moms every week in my birth class or my online birthing classes, the mama baby birthing class. There's, you know, there's interaction going on every week and I know what's on their minds and I see which questions come up over and over again and I see the unique questions but I really know what's you know I feel like I got my finger on that pulse but when I was thinking about smart mama happy baby I knew kind of what I wanted but I also wanted to know what other people want because I don't want it to just be about me I want it to be about you and so I sent this survey around and I got 
lots of great feedback and lots of great questions. But one of the questions that I got was, is EC worth the hassle? And EC is elimination communication. And that's actually what I wanted to talk about this week on the podcast. I haven't done anything on elimination communication in a while. And next week is actually the annual Go Diaper Free Week. It's the third annual Go Diaper Free Week. So you're probably going to see some stuff about EC in the news. Um, You'll see some extra EC articles and things on my website. Uh, And I'm in the middle of ECing a brand new baby. And so it's on my mind too. But I thought that that was an interesting question. Is EC worth the hassle? And so I don't know how long I'll end up being able to talk about this. But I did want to talk about it because it reflects a common perception of elimination communication. I think the first thing that we often see when we think about elimination communication or the first thing people often feel is incredulity. They're like, you know, what? are you for real kind of thing, like babies without diapers? That's crazy. That's nuts. That's the first thing that we hear. And then it's like denial. That's impossible. That can't happen. There's no way that can work. And maybe mixed in between those two or after them, there's like, that's disgusting because of course, if it doesn't work, what are you assuming? You're assuming that the baby is going to pee and poop all over everybody. And so then there's, that's disgusting. Or, you know, that might be okay out in the bush, but that's not okay for me in my house and my plush carpets and my couch. (laughs) So, so people are going through this kind of a spectrum, but then some people are going to be really curious and they're going to think about it and they're going to say, well, that sounds really good because I'll save money on diapers and I'll save my baby's bottom from wet diapers and I won't be teaching my baby that uh, their, you know, their underwear is their toilet and I'll be establishing good habits. And some moms think of it like breastfeeding is communicating with my baby and responding to my baby's needs to breastfeed is communicating with my baby. And so responding to my baby's needs to go to the bathroom is also a level of connection and communication with my baby. So, and there are different, there are different things that attract people to elimination communication. Um, And so, you know, once they've gotten past that point of that incredulity and that denial and that disgust and then there's the curiosity peaking phase and you might start looking into it and saying okay well how do I do that and that is where I think this is it worth the hassle comes in it comes in after all of those other phases and so there's all these preconceived notions that are in there and the big one is is it's messy and then also it's time consuming and how can I ever manage to do one more thing when I'm already overwhelmed with trying to balance my baby and possibly my entire family and a busy calendar and all of these other things that are going on in your life is it going to be worth the hassle in that situation my immediate thought was well EC isn't a hassle But I guess sometimes it can feel like a hassle. But I guess I want to make the argument that it's really, it's not a hassle. To me, it's much better to EC, at least for poops, than to have your baby go in the diaper. So Sadie has gotten to where she's like an every two to three day breastfed baby pooper. Um, She was super regular like once or twice a day. But... 
now she's like every two to three days, which I will grant makes EC a little bit easier for me when it comes to the poop department. But I can usually tell based on timing and also based on other signs that Sadie's about to need to go potty. She needs to have a bowel movement. And that's what I'm going to talk about now. We'll come back to to number one in a minute. Uh, but I can tell, you know, she'll start to pass a lot of gas. She might grunt a little. Sometimes I, I don't notice any cues. And then all of a sudden she's like bearing down in my arms and it's, uh Oh, it's time to get a, you know, get a potty bowl or get her to the potty real quick. Um, but that, that is rarer than when, when I will have an idea. And I don't know if it's just because I know she's been passing a lot of gas or if there's some sort of intuition going on or if there's just this subconscious awareness. It's hard exactly to explain. But usually I know when she needs to go poop. So today I, I had that experience. I just felt like that was the case. And so I had her sitting in her little bowl and I was holding her on uh, under her thighs in the pretty traditional potty position that you see when you see a lot of EC babies being held and I just waited and it took her a few minutes to to get the first round out and I could see based on having seen her go potty I knew that that wasn't all and so we waited probably two to three more minutes and then there came the second round and there was plenty in there for me to think that she was done but I still waited for a couple more minutes um so you know I did I inconvenience myself probably eight to ten minutes and yes it can take that long for a little one to work it all out especially when they've been stowing it up like Sadie does uh but so I took eight to ten minutes out of my day for to hold her in the potty position for that um it wasn't really super inconvenient for me because I will admit that I was reading Facebook while I was sitting there with her on the pot we were sitting in front of my computer screen um and so I was watching this birth video from one of my fabulous friends who just had an unassisted birth and Sadie was going potty and both of us were perfectly content and perfectly happy and neither of us were inconvenienced at all um and you know she felt a lot better and I was respecting her dignity and listening to her cues and when she was done um I got up and we walked to my bathroom where I put the potty bowl down, I try, always try and hold the baby either over the sink or over the toilet with one hand. I should, I should have Scott take a picture of like the one hand baby hold that I use. Um, I probably, you know, I'd have a diaper on Sadie probably for modesty, but just so that you can see what I'm talking about, but I hold her with it in just the crook of one arm so that her little bare bum is kind of over the sink or over the toilet in case there's anything else coming that I wasn't expecting because I have gotten surprised before. Um, but I put the potty bowl down and then I take a piece of toilet paper, usually only one, sometimes need a couple and I wipe Sadie's bum. And then uh, our changing station is in our bathroom. So I put Sadie on the changing mat uh, and clip her in. And then I just empty her potty bowl into the toilet. I rinse it a little bit in the sink and then empty that into the toilet. Sometimes if she's had like a sticky poo, I will get a baby wipe and wipe that down and then throw that in the diaper pail because we use cloth baby wipes. Or if we used a disposable baby wipe, just throw it in the toilet. And then that's done, and I get her a fresh diaper if she needed one because she was wet, or put her back in the same diaper if that diaper was dry, and then we go about our day. And to me, going through that process is way 
way better than, okay, first of all, holding my baby while my baby is pooping. Like I said, sometimes Sadie gears up, and, and this has happened maybe two, two times, I think. <coughs> Excuse me, ladies. She gears up and then just, boom, I can feel her bearing down and I know that the poop is coming. But usually, um, and even, even when she does that, I will take her and hold her over the potty. Even if I just unsnap her diaper and lift her up off of it a little bit, so that, you know, the diaper is still going to catch everything because there's no way I can cleanly get a poopy diaper away from her. Um, you know, I, I usually respond to that because I really want her to, to poo in a potty place. But, um, but, you know, even if you don't do that, you probably know when your baby is having a bowel movement because they start grunting or pushing. And you can see it on, like, YouTube videos and stuff. People are all like, oh, I know what he's doing or I know what she's doing. And it's just, it's, it's hard for me to imagine after this many babies that I've EC'd, if I'm in the place where I can help them at least get away from the diaper and into the potty position to finish, why I would just leave them there uh, to grunt and squish into their pants. And then after that, I and I, I don't have a problem changing diapers, so I don't want to sound like I have a problem changing diapers because I don't. If my baby has a messy diaper, then I just clean it up matter-of-factly. I don't get offended and I've long since learned not to get upset about misses or this or that or the other. Um, though usually if I have a miss and I'm surprised by it, it's like, I'll say, you know, Sadie, that sort of thing. But I'm not mad or upset. It's more just surprise. So I don't mind changing diapers. I don't mind changing my babies. We, we cloth diaper and I actually really love a cute cloth diaper, but and I would be sad not to use those cute little diapers. So uh, so I'm not anti-diaper or anything. And I'm not anti-clean the diaper. But if I have my choice, I would rather have Sadie over a potty bowl having a nice leisurely poo while I'm leisurely browsing Facebook or something. And then clean her up with that simple little wipe from the tissue than all of the mess that it takes to clean up. Especially exclusively breastfed baby poop from out of all of your baby's creases and when you have a little girl you're you know you've got to try and clean the creases really really gently because you don't want to cause her irritation but you don't want to leave anything in between uh, her labial folds where it could cause irritation you got to make sure that the little bum is clean you've got to make sure that anything that went up the back is clean you got to make sure that anything that went out the sides is clean uh, you got to make sure that any clothes are taken care of if there was any leaks on them. And I would rather just dump a potty bowl into the toilet and wipe my baby's butt with a piece of toilet paper any day. It's just, it's way simpler. It's way cleaner. And to me, having to clean up the poopy diaper would be more of a hassle. So when it comes to bowel movements, I just don't see where it's a hassle really even at all. Now, sometimes you can't do it like if you're out and about and there's nowhere that you can discreetly take baby to potty. And that's a, that's different. You know, I'm going to have my baby in a diaper and usually I will let my baby know. But I've actually noticed with my babies that unless we're out for a real long time and they really need to have a poo, they, they don't really poop while we're out and about a lot once we've gotten really good at catching 
poos in the potty. Um, now, some babies may be different, especially if your baby's one of those who has two to three small movements every day, uh, and and that's different. But even when Sadie was was having two to three movements a day in her first several weeks, she did. I was able to catch most of them. And again, I don't know if that's intuition. I don't think I have good intuition, so I don't claim intuition. I guess I think more timing and listening, listening to gas, feeling her intestines gurgle when I have my hands on her. Those are all little signs that, okay, something's trying to work down there. Um, but anyways, I guess I just, I don't find that a hassle compared to, to diapers. Now, peas, I could see that being being thought of as more than a hassle. And there are definitely times in my mothering career where I was a lot more, I wanted, you know, to not have any misses. And so it mattered a lot more to me and it felt like more of a hassle because I was trying to catch every pee and I kind of felt like a little bit of a failure every time I had a miss. Um, and there were times when I was trying to have like diaper free, my baby just with no diaper on and I would have a miss and there would be a mess like a pee. And that was hard for me, um, and stressful for me. And I would consider that a hassle. I guess I've gotten a lot more relaxed, partially out of necessity because I've got a really busy household and I'm also trying to record podcasts and write articles and teach students and start the Smart Mama Happy Baby Club and take care of goats and thinking about getting our garden done and here we're wrapping up our homeschool year. I mean, I'm pretty busy and so I just... I don't have a lot of time to worry about messes or misses, and so I don't. I keep Sadie in a diaper, and if I miss, I miss. If she's wet, I change her. That's just the way that it is. I don't want to miss poops, and I really try not to, but I don't sweat the peas. And like I said, I don't think that I'm a very intuitive person, and so I I have always said that I usually do peas based on timing and based on logical times to offer, such as right before we get in the car, or right when she wakes up from a nap, or uh, one. I actually was just writing a series of EC tips um, for for an email series today, and I'll I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to sign up for that email series. But the final tip is, um, was that was that the final tip? Anyways, the final tip was you know, don't sweat the misses. And, and so I, I don't think that you should sweat the misses. It's like, if there's a miss, then that's that. And you just go on. Oh, but, but one of the tips is also on timing. And I was talking about, um, natural opportunities for pottying. And so you can look at those tips, but I usually go by those natural opportunities and I don't really sweat it if there is a miss. Uh, I keep Sadie in a diaper and if there's a miss, there's a miss. I also think that there are times when there are other things that are really going on in your baby's life and those may trump pottying. So sometimes if your baby's going through a growth spurt and is really needing to nurse a lot, you may feel a little bit disconnected from am I able to pay attention to my baby's cues or my baby's needs to go potty. Uh, For me, I've been really trying to figure out how much sleep Sadie needs. She's like my honor who was my fifth baby. She needs a lot of sleep and so She's been up for only 45 minutes or an hour and I need to help her get back down for a nap or else she's just miserable and so everybody in the family is miserable. 
but getting her to sleep is relatively simple. However, with figuring all of that out and feeling like, okay, well, she's just gotten up and I've got to get her ready for a nap again. And then getting all of her nap time routine in place so that she could sleep easily without crying or being distressed. Um, and so that she could sleep not in my arms because I want to be able to have a little bit of time when I can be there for my other kids. And so it was important to me to take the time to help her discover how to fall asleep without having to be in my arms or, or she usually kind of drifts off in my arms and then I put her in the little baby bed that's in our room. But it took, it took work to help get her to the point where she was comfortable doing that, um, without her having to cry or be worried or scared that, that took a lot of work and it took a lot of time on my part. Now, um, we had a visitor yesterday and it was at about Sadie's nap time and I knew she was going to want to see Sadie. So I decided, but it, I knew Sadie needed a nap. I could tell she was tired. So I decided to just swaddle Sadie up and go through the nap time routine anyways. And I was sitting on the couch talking to my guest and Sadie just, I mean, within like two or three minutes, she drifted off because we had gone through the nap time routine and she just knew it was time to give up and go to sleep. And my friend was just, um, you know, she said she really went to sleep easy. And I said, yeah, but it took a lot of work and patience to get to that point. Um, but you know, now she's asleep in three to four minutes, but like what I'm saying, I'm sorry for being repetitive is that it took some work to get there. And so I felt like that was my, the totality of my focus for a lot was nurse Sadie and then help Sadie learn to be able to go to sleep so that we're not all frazzled and then cook. That was like my existence was nurse Sadie, help Sadie get to sleep and cook for my family, um, which left me feeling frazzled for other reasons because I didn't feel like there was really very much me. But also there wasn't a lot of room for figuring out EC, like especially peas at that time because I was just really trying to figure out other things and help her learn other things and so e-seeing really fell by the wayside for a few days and I actually don't really feel like we're quite back on the bandwagon again with that I've caught several more peas in the last couple days than I had and then of course that epic week that we had last week you know that was outside influences coming in so we caught poos but not a lot of peas and just and I was actually surprised to catch a couple of peas yesterday because we had just not been really catching any it had just been changing diapers but now I can see that she's getting to sleep easier. We, I've got a feeling for when she needs to sleep. I, I know when she needs to nurse. Things are calming down with the family, and we're starting to move into more of the post-homeschool routine. So I can see where now I'm going to be able to be more mindful and pay more attention for EC. But all throughout that process, I may have had some feelings of guilt that I really haven't caught a pee in days. But again, Sadie had a diaper on. There was no mess. I always try to change pretty much as soon as she's wet, though I can't always do that. And sometimes it feels like she wets constantly, and that can get a little bit frustrating. But again, there was just... I didn't let myself get upset about it, and I didn't get let myself get upset that, no pun intended, but the flow of life was in the way of e-seeing. And when you look at elimination communication from that perspective... I don't think that it's a hassle at all. 
there's not really any mess because you use backup diapers and some families choose not to and they really don't have any messes either um, and some families prioritize EC and that's that's what works for them what works for my family is to have EC as uh, part of what's going on and to definitely focus on the poop aspect of ECing but otherwise to use backup diapers but really it just it doesn't get in the way that that aspect and that worry and that concern they're just not there and that inconvenience is not there and so I want to say that I don't think the EC is a hassle and even if there are some times where it's a little bit of a hassle I definitely think that it's worth the hassle Corwin is two years old now. He's actually, he is 25, 26. He's almost 27 months old now. And he has been out of diapers completely since he was 16 months and diaper free at night since he was like 17 months. He's been dry at night. Um, I don't think that dry at night necessarily coincides with EC because I have had some bedwetters who are EC'd. But both Honor and Corwin were out of diapers very early. Honor right around 20 to 21 months. Corwin, even he's been my earliest at 16 months. And both of them, with that early ECing graduation, have been dry at night for, for pretty much close to when they were completely daytime dry and daytime diaper free. And I... I I, I guess I just really think that there are a lot of benefits. And I really think that uh, size 6 diapers and stuff, even though there are some special need kids that need them, uh, I mean, I think that that and, and then the myth that's perpetuated that a quote-unquote early potty training is damaging and that children don't have sphincter control and this, that, and the other, I think that all of that is, um, I, you know, I don't really like it. I think that it's untrue scientifically, and I think that it does our children a disservice. Um, I don't want to tread on toes. I'm sorry if I offend people on the podcast sometimes when I state my opinions. Um, I had somebody email me a couple weeks ago that I had said something offhand that was kind of offensive, and I, I do apologize for that. Sometimes, you know, I don't script out every word of the podcast, uh, and sometimes it's my opinion, and my opinion does come through pretty raw, and I try and be pretty balanced with the podcast, but sometimes you know, I swing one way or the other. And I don't think that every family has to EC, but I also don't like people saying that EC may be harmful because I really think that if you're relaxed about it and your kid is free from diapers at 16, 18, 20, 21, 24 months old, which used to be the norm, even without being harsh and coercive, we kind of think, oh yeah, well that was the norm when our parents were a kid or when I was a kid, but they were harsh and coercive. And that's not true. It may have been true for some, but not for most. I mean, mothers, they just don't really have the heart to be harsh and coercive most of the time, honestly. But EC respects our children's dignity. Um, Animal babies, most animal babies, baby birds, baby kittens, baby dogs, not baby goats. Goats are not at all aware of where they're going potty. But most animals do not soil the nest. And if they have that innate intelligence, then don't we think that our children have that innate intelligence? And so I think it's respectful to your child and that it respects his or her dignity. And is it worth a little bit of hassle to do that? 
Yes, I think so. I don't want to guilt anybody into that with that statement. But I do think that my child's dignity is worth it. And I do think that honoring their intelligence is worth it. Um, It's not worth getting stressed over. But it's worth figuring out a way that I can make it work with my life. And what I've described in this podcast episode is just that. And with that, I I did manage to go on about this for longer than I thought that I would be able to. So I hope that you got some benefit from that uh, and and liked having a little picture into Sadie's day and into Kristen's crazy life. Again, I'll put the link to Sadie's birth story and I'll also uh, include a link for how you can get that EC tip email series that I mentioned just now and you'll also get the little tip sheet that goes along with it those will all be in the show notes so check that out you can just go to naturalbirthandbabycare.com or birthbabylife.com and click on the blog or click on this episode and you'll be able to get that download and that email series and then otherwise um, I will talk to you in the Smart Mama Happy Baby Club if you're there you can head over to smartmamahappybaby.com if you want more details for that uh, or in classes tomorrow or I will talk to you on the podcast next week I love hearing from you I love your feedback even if sometimes it makes me realize that I goofed but I do like hearing that and I appreciate that so I hope that this episode has been helpful for you I'm sorry for not having one last week and I will try my very best to get one next week. And you, please have a blessed week with your family. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.